I apologize if you tried to come in last Sunday. We, we took off a Sunday so we could go on vacation. But we're back now, even with the live stream. So, um, and for those of you that don't know, a little public service announcement. If you're saying, hey, I would like to, I'd like to hear more about you know, these teachings, because a lot of times I do series and, and there's a lot of stuff back there. I, I see we've got some visitors over here. If you say, hey, I want to know more about what, you know, what you guys do, I have, I have, you know, years of teaching that is online. And so just get with me afterwards. You can go to our website. You can pull it down. And these are for even the people who are coming on our streams. We actually get people from like Germany and Africa and they're reaching out to us and letting us know, hey, we're watching. So it's been pretty amazing. So I take that very seriously. We're, we're, we've got a, a congregation bigger than just the people that are sitting here too. So praise God for that. But I wanted to, to kind of extend what I'd been teaching on, which is the life of God. And see, I've, you know, over the last few weeks, the Lord has just been putting on my heart that a lot of times people don't live God's life. What they do is they live, they live their life, and that's maybe a good life. But there are aspects of your life where if all you're living your life for is for you, and you're not allowing God to love you and having a relationship with you, if you're not living in freedom in every single aspect of your life, then you're not living the God kind of life. Because God's kind of life Man, it's full of love. It's full of peace. Long-suffering. Man, we need some long-suffering sometimes. How about that? Amen? People go, I don't want to think about long-suffering. That means I'm suffering, right? Well, you know what? Sometimes you're in the middle of something, and you need to have peace in the middle of that. You know that there's a good place for you and the Lord if you've been in the middle of something that you are long-suffering. Because that's all it really means is that I have peace in the middle of something that is going on in my life. That's it. It's not like, well, God's putting something on me. No. No, no, no. Let's not ever go there. God's not putting something on you. Life is putting something on you. God's trying to take it. Because he says, my yoke is light. And he, that means that he's walking with you. You know that when you have a yoke, we don't understand that nowadays because we don't, we're not an agrarian society. We don't, we don't go out and farm like they did 150 years ago. But you would put a yoke on two oxen. I'm probably as big as an ox. But you would have another person that was about the same size as me as far as you would want them to pull with the same amount of strength. Well, you know what's... You know, the, the problem is, is that when you got somebody who's weaker, well, the stronger had to take over for them. And see, that's what Jesus is saying is, I lighten your load. Oh, I'm going to say it again because that was an automatic amen moment. <laughs> Jesus lightens your load. Amen. amen. A little forced, but that's okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with the amens being forced. That's, that's fine. Let me grab my water here because I'm going to need it. But I want you to understand that out of having love and life and liberty, there is hope. There's not just long suffering. There's hope. There's a future that is out there. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And I got all this 
Let me make sure this is working. And I got all this out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. See, everybody loves 1 Corinthians 13. It's the love chapter. It's, you know, love is, love is patient and it's kind and it's long-suffering. And, you know, everybody loves when love loves you, right? But then when we start to try to love others, we go, well, I don't know if I can love people the same way that I want to be loved. Sometimes we love people the way that we're loved. Because when Jesus said that, that we are supposed to love our neighbor as ourself, just go around and find out if somebody takes your parking spot at Walmart what you say and what you do. You start loving them the way that you feel loved, right? See, this is the thing that I want you to understand is that love has a lot to do with how we live our life together. I say this a lot, that love is a choice. If you make the choice to love me and I make the choice to love you, then guess what's going to happen? We're going to have a relationship. But if you decide that, well, I don't really like Dusty, and Dusty can put 100% into this relationship, but I'm not going to do it, then there's not going to be any reciprocation. There won't be anything. We will get to a place where it will go stagnant. And see, that's the thing, is God is just pouring out the love, but we're not receiving a lot of times. And so that's what I talked about a couple weeks ago. So go back and listen to some of that. But I want you to understand is that, is that we have to have love first before we can have hope. And we definitely have to have hope before we can have faith. Because in order for us to have faith in something, we have to have hope that it's going to come to pass. Man, maybe I need to say that again. In order for us to have faith in something, we've got to have hope that it's going to come to pass. There's some people that they go, well, I got faith. I just don't know if God's going to do it for me. No, you don't have faith. I'm just going to tell you straight up. Let's just be honest. Let's call it what it is. If you've been sitting there going, I just don't know if it's going to happen for me. Then you don't have hope. And if you probably get down to the root of it, you probably don't love and feel loved. Because you're loving and being loved out of the way that you feel loved. How many people, how many people know, and no, don't raise any hands, this is just going to be a rhetorical question here, but you know, how many people have had relationships in the past where you didn't feel loved? Well, you know what? If you carried on that same mentality towards other people for your future relationships, how, how much love do you think is going to happen in the middle of that? Goose egg. None. See, that's one of the reasons why Jesus is trying to allow us to carry our burdens with He's carrying it with us so that Whenever something does get put on us, whenever we don't receive, whenever we're just trudging through and there's that long-suffering piece of it, that we can actually go back to the peace and to the love. And it says here in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says, And now abideth faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And this word greatest is mazanon, and it means elder. It means at the beginning. It means first. 
It means if I was to stack this thing up and put a one, two, and a three on it, love would be number one. You know, if love's number one, then what happens if I go the other way around? Hope's going to be number two. And then faith. And see, this is not the kind of faith like, well, I believe in Jesus and, you know, I'm a, my faith is I'm a Baptist, I'm a Methodist, I'm a non-denominational, I'm whatever. That is not faith. That's called, <laughs> basically, you've joined a club, okay? See, faith is all about, I believe and I trust that something's going to happen. Well, you can be whatever. You can be from the Middle East. You can be from China. You can be from wherever you could have never heard the word denomination in your life. And guess what? You can still have faith and trust in Jesus and never have attended a church. Wow. Coming from the pulpit, that sounds kind of harsh, right? I'm telling you that you don't even have to go to church and you can still have faith in Jesus. All right, we're going to shut her down now. Everybody go home. No, we come to church because we love on each other. We come to church because we need to understand the word and we need to be taught the word and we need to go out into the word in the world and take the word to the world. That's why we come to church. But that's not my club that I joined. Here's my my letter of of acceptance into identity church. You know, I don't mind if you want to come and say, hey, I'm, I'm making a, a vow that I'm going to come to church. Oh, that sounds great. But at the end of the day, that's still not faith. Because Dusty could stand up here and say something that you don't like, and you're not going to stick to that, to that letter of acceptance. See, faith is about believing and trusting that God's going to have your back, that he came and he sent his son, Jesus. And if he sent his son, Jesus, if all this is true to you, then you're going to live it. You're going to live it. I heard a guy who was an influencer and he was talking about being spiritual. And this other guy, he was an atheist and he talked to him and he said, he said, if you truly believed In what you said, you would know everything there was to know about God. You would spend 24 by 7. You wouldn't sleep. You would just, you would open your Bible. You would be looking at it. And the guy said, that's just too hard. I just want to be spiritual. You know what happens when you're just spiritual? Then you lose out on relationship. See, this atheist, he had it right. He was the most right person in the whole conversation because he said, if you truly believe, you're going to go and try to find him. You're going to go, you're going to go and, and really get into his word. You're going to understand him more and more every single day. I was like, that atheist is on the, he's on the bank. All he needs is somebody to go kick him in the butt right into the river. Do you know that We need to understand the same thing. A lot of times life starts happening to us and we just, I can't see love. I can't, I can't feel love. Well, guess what? There's going to be a lot of times when you're not going to feel love, but you have to know it. You know, my wife is back there, you know, and she's, she's dealing with the kids today and praise God for it because I would be horrible at that job. But you know that 
I'm sending my love towards her. Can she feel it, guys? Yep. She can? Yep. I don't think so. I, I, I don't feel her love, but you know what I know? I know in my knower. Do you know what a knower is? It's the thing you know. Right? Right here, I got a knower. It's called my heart, and I believe it. I believe without a shadow of a doubt right now that she is just... Woo, love is just coming out after me, but it's in my nowhere. I don't feel it out here. Like there's no tingly bumps that come towards me. I don't know that she's loving me outside in my five senses. I can't hear it. I can't taste it. I can't smell it. I can't feel it. But in my heart, I can know it because my nowhere knows it. Well, the same thing about Jesus. My nowhere knows it. You know what? Right now, I got no tingles. You came to church, and if you were looking for the tingles, well, you might find some. The Holy Spirit may, may move in such a way. But you know what? I've been just walking down the road, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, just I just know that He loves me. It was just like, Holy Spirit loves me. Jesus loves me. Because my knower knew it. How did I get off here? i got to get back on this, okay? But I want you to understand something, that, that love is first. And if you know that you're loved, then love is going to be the thing that is going to catapult you into hope and to faith. In fact, this word love is the agape kind of love. Everybody heard about the agape kind of love. Everybody goes, oh, that's the God kind of love, you know. You've got Eros kind of love. That's the lust. You know, how many people... Most people, when they start dating, you know what they dated for? They dated because of lust, okay? They saw, they saw that woman and went, Woo, she looked good. But you know that that was an agape kind of love. Because the moment that she probably opened her mouth and said something really bad, they go, whoa, she's not as pretty as she once was. Do you know that once you get past love in the lust sense... Now you've got to have something else to stand on. And see, this is one of the things about God's kind of love is that He knew you didn't look good. He knew, he knew you didn't look good. He knew you didn't smell good. He knew that you didn't do good, right? But He still sent His Son to save you. And see, that's called He chose you when you were unchoosable. See, this is a love feast, this word actually means love feast. I call it the smorgasbord. I love the word smorgasbord. It's like if you had the biggest you know, dinner ever planned, it's out there. Well, guess what? I can give you the biggest dinner ever, but you can go, well, I don't like anything that's on that table. Do you know that my sister back there, she'll take a charcuterie board and she'll just make it huge. We've went to these places and I always find a lot of things I want to eat on there. But do you know that when I go through all of that, I have to eat it. She's not coming up to me and going, here, I'm going to shove this in your mouth. No, we have to give and receive. See, love is given and received. A lot of times the agape kind of love, the love of God that is out there that's like a smorgasbord, it's, it's waiting for you to eat off of it. There's a lot of anemic, just people who are, they never ate off of God's love. See, this is what we have to understand in order to get to the hope. Love is a two-way street. It's given and received. We got to get to that hope and you can only do it through love. So, 
Now out of faith, hope, and love. These things, but the greatest of this is love. So hope is the bridge between love and faith. If we really look at how love builds into hope, then now I have a hope for something. I'll, I'll just use my wife again because when I first met her, I thought she looked good. I really did. And I was like, "Woo! I really want to date her. But you know, after I got to know her, it went from, I just thought she looked good to, wow, I want to be with her. I want to be a part of what she's doing. I want to give to what she's giving to. I want to receive from her. You know, that's called, that's called a good marriage. It's called relationship. Do you know that in a relationship we can, we can be having a, a conversation about a lot of different things and I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, I, I'm a computer engineer by, by trade. Uh, I work for the power company. So I've done cybersecurity pretty much all my life. Well, there's a lot of stuff I could just sit up here and just tell you. And all y'all be like, that's the most boring thing, Dusty. I have no idea what you're saying. But you know, my wife asks me every afternoon when I come home, what happened today? She remembers things that I told her. You know why? Not because she's interested in cybersecurity. It's because she's interested in me. Do you know that I reciprocate that back because she's an English teacher and I don't know how to read. Well, I do know how to read, but I don't know how. I mean, English was, you can ask my mom, English was my worst thing. I, I don't like reading. I listen to audiobooks. Me and my mom both do that. I was ADD and dyslexic. I didn't have word one, not a clue. Do you know that, that I married an English teacher? She actually makes up a better part of how I got through college, you know? But my point behind this is that, is that we reciprocate. I go and I talk to her about what's going on at school, about the things she's teaching. And do you know, I don't care one bit about the books that she's teaching, but I do care about her. And you may go, well, Dusty, that's a really kind of an easy example. What about the harder things? They're all the same things. See, we love each other. And we hope for each other because when she tells me I've got a problem or when I tell her I've got a problem at work, it doesn't matter. We go into there is a hope and a future for you. There are things that we're going to get to. We're going to see you overcome. You know that this, this abiding in faith, living in it, means that I've got to constantly go back to that hope and back to that love. You know, it's not a one-time deal. Me and Heather all the time have to renew our love. You go, well, how do you do that? Well, it's pretty simple. I go sit down with her and I talk to her and I get to understand what's going on in her life and she gets to understand mine. We start eating from each other's smorgasbord. God wants the same thing with you. Hope, this word is ellipsis and it means to anticipate, to have an expectation or confidence in faith. You know that when we have hope, we're confident that that thing is going to come to pass. You go, well, I thought that's what faith was. No, faith is trusting that it happened. But see, but see having hope 
means that I have a confidence. See, a lot of times people go, well, I hope it happens. But what they meant was, I don't really see it happening. But I'm going to say, I hope so. Do You know, that that's not hope at all. Hope is I am confident that it's going to come to pass. Hope is the expectation and confidence in faith. Hope is not a wish or a bet. You know, a lot of times people, how many people has ever like bet on something? Oh, come on, y'all can say. You're in church, don't lie, but it's okay if you did. Do you know that one time I went down and a guy gave me five bucks and he said, let's see how long it takes you to get rid of that five dollars. So I went and I started playing the nickel slots. This was years ago. And I put it in there. Do you know I got all the way up to like 90 bucks? And then I lost like almost all of it. I I walked away with 20. So I thought I did pretty good. But do you know that a bet is a lot of times we use it as the same word as hope. Well, I bet it's going to happen. That means that the odds are not in your favor that it's going to happen, but I'm going to still put my money on it. Do you know that's not hope at all? There's an expectation that comes with hope. There's always a promise that our hope is built on. We have to find the promise. The Word is full of these promises. In fact, every single time you go and look in the Word, you're going to find a promise. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Philippians 4.13 My God supplies all of my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19 You know, right there in in one single set of Scripture, I can come out with it. How about this? There's a peace that passes of all understanding that is in our heart, our belief system. I'm going to stop because maybe y'all haven't heard me talk on this, but our heart is the word cardia. It means our belief system. It is where we believe. Our heart is it. In fact, we get that in Romans 10. There's actually a definition of that. It actually says that when we believe in our heart and say it with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. There's a definition for you. We believe with our heart. And then once we believe, we start saying it. I'm going to say it again because it was really good and I kind of feel like y'all just went right past it. See, our, our heart, we believe it and then I just start saying it. Mark 11, 23, 24. If we say into this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea and shall not doubt in our heart whatsoever things that when we say them, they shall come to pass. But see, we had to believe them and then we said them. A lot of times people do the opposite. They'll go, I'm going to believe something by just saying it. And you go, do you really believe it? No, I'm just keep saying it. Well, that's not belief. See, I say things all the time based upon the word because I believe them. My belief system means that it comes out of my mouth. I don't walk around going, well, I'm going to say the wrong thing. But I really believe the right thing. No, that's not the way this thing works. The way it works is you believe whatever you believe and it comes out of your mouth. There's a lot of people that you know what they believe because they are talking. They are talking a lot. And what they're saying is what they believe. If you sit back and you listen to what they're saying, you just go, wow, that's what they believe. Well, I was just kidding. 
Well, you know what? I've made jokes before, but I'll tell you what. On the whole, if I'm sitting there having a serious conversation with you, you're going to hear what I believe because I'm going to say it. The same thing with you. In fact, we have to find these promises. We have to get them into our heart. We have to believe. And then we will start speaking them and we'll have it out there. In fact, in Romans chapter 5, we actually see how Paul was trying his best to get the Roman nations to understand what it meant to have hope and to have love and to to understand how to interact with God more. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also having access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now I want you to understand this. This goes along with 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We see that God is providing us and we're justified by this faith because through Jesus, God has given us peace and he's given us love. See, what we have to understand is, is that God himself is giving it to us for us to use. This is not something you guys are conjuring up. You know what conjure up means? You know, be like, you know, a lot of people go, Harry Potter, and they think somebody's got a wand and they're doing. No, that's not conjuring. Conjuring means that, that I am trying to, that I am trying to make something out of nothing. But see, God already gives it to us. See, we don't, we don't create this. God gave it to us by grace. You're, you're taking what he gave you and you're using it. You know, I work for the power company. They give me everything that I use. I don't go with my own money and go buy stuff. Now, my wife sometimes, because she's a school teacher, has to do that. But Southern Company buys it all for me. I have a computer that's owned by them. I have paper and pencils and guess what? The electricity that they, that they provide at work. I'm using it. I'm not having to go, okay, well, I've got to put my credit card in in order to be able to use the electricity at work. Do you know that this is the same thing with God? He has given us a gift. He's given us grace so that we can use it. This is how God works. He doesn't want you to try to figure it out. In fact, verse 2, I'm sorry, verse 3, it says, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. This word tribulations is thalysis. And it actually means pressure or learning through life's experiences. Do you know that a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm going through tribulations. I'm going through something really bad right now. God must be putting it on me. No, God's not putting it on you. You're living life. Life is coming at us. You know, we went on a, um, years ago, I, I was doing a, a, I think Brock may have even been there. But we were, we were doing this thing down the Chattooga where we were whitewater rafting. And there was a place where you could go down to the bottom and grab a hold of a rock. And the water was coming at you. You felt like you were flying. Well, you know what? That's the way life is. You know that we are standing against what is happening in the world. It's coming at us. It's flying past us. And we're having to deal with it. As fast as it's coming, 
That's how fast we're having to deal with it. And you know what? There's a pressure that comes with that. You know, I will tell you this. You know, people will say, oh, well, you know, a coal under pressure it turns into a diamond. Well, you know what? I think, I think more of our life is that we're less diamonds. We're more like the cooked chicken that comes out of the, the, the pressure cooker. <laughs> See, at the end of all that, if we get the right amount of pressure and we get the right amount of seasoning, we get the right amount of everything, then we get KFC, right? And see, at the end of all this, you got something good. Now, you may not want to be chicken, but that's okay. Do you know that why this is a big deal is for us to understand that when pressure is coming at us, we need to know how to take it and make it into something good. And see, that's one of the reasons why God gave us these gifts is so that we could utilize them in order to do something good with it. It'd be just like, I got that chicken I'm throwing it in the pot. Well, guess what? It's not going to be very good if I don't put some salt and pepper and garlic and all the other stuff in there. Well, the same thing in your life. God's giving you stuff so you can have peace in the midst of all of your troubles. Whenever something comes and starts applying pressure to you, then guess what? You get to season it. Woo! You know, all my family love it when I make grits. We were on vacation this past week, and I was making grits, and I put a lot of butter. I'm talking about a lot of butter in my grits. There's probably 10 pounds of cheese in there. It's really not even grits anymore. It's this gelatinous mess that is pretty much butter and cheese, okay? But I put salt in it. Well, you know why they love it? is because of all the stuff I put while I was cooking it. While it was being put under the pressure and the heat, guess what happened? I started sprinkling in all the good stuff. Well, that's the same thing that Jesus is doing with us. He gave us all the good stuff to put in there. And by the end of it, y'all are something that, you know, resembles grits. I don't know. It was, it was good in my head when I was thinking about it. But see... But see, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Do you know that knowing that when pressure comes at you, you know, there's things I could lose it all today and I could start over. I know exactly how to do everything that I've gotten. That's one of the reasons why when people win the lottery, they're dead in five years. Or they've lost it all or they're on drugs or something. They're heading towards death. You know that one of the problems that we have is that when you have ill-gotten gains, you are going to get rid of it pretty rapidly. Because you don't know how to handle it. But see, understanding through time. It's like people, you know, I've got these young people that are coming into the company that I've been hiring on lately because a lot of the old timers are leaving. And I get them in there and the first thing I tell them is put your 6% into your 401k. And they go, well, that means I won't be able to buy my, my, you know, whatever new gaming system. What's the new gaming system now? PlayStation 5. PlayStation 5. I can't buy, buy my PlayStation 5 if I put 6% of my pay back into the 401k. And I was like, yeah, but when you're my age, when you start getting OLD, what's going to happen is you're going to have a lot of money. And if you put your money back, it's going to happen. Well, guess what? If you've been putting back all that time, you're not just going to go spend it on odd things. But if you got it through other means where somebody just gave it to you, that money's going to be gone. 
Every time I've been given large sums of money for no apparent reason, gone. I mean, I'll just, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to stand up here in church and lie to you. But I will tell you this, under pressure and under these tribulations, what happens is, is you understand how to live this kind of life. See, you need to have the Holy Spirit with you every single day to tell you, you navigate this and you navigate that. You know, I even have investments that the, I let the Holy Spirit tell me to put back. A year and a half ago or so, in January of 22, the stock market started going crazy. How many people saw the stock market go crazy? If you have any investments, you saw it go crazy. You know, the Lord told me where to put my money. And I've been sheltering my money. You know, I'm listening to him now because I think I'm going to have to start moving it again. But see, this is the thing. Under pressure, I know I just don't make a wrong move just because it seems like I need to do something today. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to take the time. High pressure situation. You know, have you ever been to one of these little things where they're going to want to try to sell you a timeshare? Oh, come and look at our timeshare. And they're like, Today, you got to make a decision. You can't make it tomorrow. you got to make it today. Well, there's a whole other group of people that's going to get the same deal tomorrow. But you can't get the deal if you don't do it today. But you know what? That's the devil. Amen. See, the devil always pushes and the Holy Spirit always leads. And sometimes when you're being led, it takes a little bit of time to be pulled along. Because you're going to drag your feet and go, wait, hold on. And the Holy Spirit stops and goes, okay, you ready? All right, let's keep moving. I know this sounds really simple, guys. You probably are going, well, Dusty, this just, just sounds like it's just simple. But you know what? If you're not being led, then you'll be led around by other things. Do you know that this is one of the things that we need to understand the most is that hope actually comes from an idealism of I have lived some life and I know what to do next. In fact, in verse 4 it says, and perseverance turns into character and character hope. You know, trying to get hope without character, man, that is, that's hard. If I have no character then when it gets bad, then I just throw it all away. Do you know that every single time in my life that it's gotten hard, there's been times where I didn't have character and I just threw it all away. But you know, the older I get and the more character I'm building and the more time I've put into it, hope actually starts just becoming something that's a part of me. And I go, nope, if I keep this course, I can continue to go. And the Holy Spirit will say, yep, this is what we're going to do. If you're not living this kind of life, then what happens is, is that you're being led around to be thrown away in a different kind of life. It's happening all the time. You know, I, I'm, I'm fairly conservative. And every time, every time I get these things that come into my you know, I get all these spam mails from people who say they're conservative and it's, you got to move into gold and you got to do this and you got to do that. Well, it's not bad to have a portfolio of gold. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but I'm going to tell you straight up. It's a scare tactic. Oh, you got to get rid of all your other investments and go into gold. Well, you know what? There's still going to be a stock market tomorrow. There's still going to be one five weeks from now. There's still going to be one five years from now. 
See, we need to understand how hope works. Because if I live a life of just craziness, then I have no hope. Hope means that I have persistence over time and that I see it coming to pass through faith. Verse 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint. Oh, that's a good one. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts, our belief systems, by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You guys got saved. How many people got saved in here? Anybody? Looks like we got a good number of saved people in here. You know what? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that you became a new creature in Christ Jesus. That means that the Holy Spirit came in and He renovated you. You went wall-to-wall Holy Ghost on the inside of you when you got saved. You know what? This verse 5 is a promise to you. You know, if, if you're looking for promises, go ahead and put Romans chapter 5 down because it is full of them. You need to read these and you need to understand them. And you need to live them because this is truth and this is hope because this is a promise from God. Stand on it. Stand on it. In fact, it's good for us to lean on God. It's good for us to lean on each other. You know that song, lean on me when you're not strong and I'll be your friend. Well, guess what? We're, we're actually separating. We're going back to text me and I won't come when you've got a problem. I will just not reply. That's the way we live our life right now. We are living that kind of life where it's like, oh, that was too bad. I'm not replying to that because that means I'm going to get in their mess. You know, we need to understand that leaning on God makes us a well-rounded person so we can go lean with each other. If I'm well-rounded, I can give to you more. You know, more than enough, we talked about this a little bit during the praise and worship because of the song. But do you know that having more than enough means I get to give some? If I have just enough, that means that I don't have enough to give. But God wants you to have more than enough. This is called love, guys. Hope is born out of love, character, and perseverance. You guys need to understand that God is giving you a character so that you can have perseverance and that you can give to others. So at the end of Romans chapter 15 here, it says, verse 13 and 14, it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now I myself am confident. So Paul was confident that because the Holy Spirit was in him, that they were going to have the confidence and the hope and the goodness that's going to come towards them. So now, in verse 14, Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to admonish one another. You know, that means that I'm able to come together with you guys, and I'm able to give to you, and you're able to give to me, and we're able to live together. I don't have the, the text from Brock that says, Man, it's bad today. Can you call me? And I go, can I turn my phone off? Goodness, he just told me something that I can't handle. No, no, no. I'm able to work because God has given me more than enough. 
God's hope is joy and peace. You know, I live more in joy and peace now than I've ever lived in my life. And the reason is, is because when something bad starts happening, I don't go, oh my God, it's getting bad. I go, you got some good stuff coming. Because I've seen it over and over and over and over and over and over in my life where God's always come through. Do you know that this is, this is the way we live our life as we just go, yeah, it looks bad, but I know God and I know what He's going to do. Hope by the Holy Spirit is abounding in confidence. You know, you're a receptacle ready to receive. Say, I'm a receptacle receptacle. ready to receive. receive. Do you know that if I was to pour something out into your hands, you're not going to be able to receive it. It's going to go all over the floor. But if I pour something into your heart and it's a good receptacle, then it will hold what it has to be held. You know, that's what God is doing is he's pouring out into our heart the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is showing us what we're supposed to be doing and where we're supposed to be going. You know, one of the things I think is pretty awesome about Paul, and we're about to see something here, is that he knew that he had been a receptacle, but he knew that he also needed to pour things out to people. And he knew that if he was being poured out, that people needed him. So what he was hoping for is what we need to be hoping for. Philippians chapter 1 verse 19. And I'm I'm ending. I'm starting to land this plane. So I want you to understand something though. That God has more for you. In fact in verse uh, 19 of Philippians 1 it says, For I know that this uh, will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Christ. Paul was in prison. He was writing them this letter. He was writing, uh, this is a love letter, by the way. Philippians was a love letter from Paul to the, to the Philippi people. They had been given to him. They had been taking things up. These people were pretty much self-sufficient. If you want to know a great church and a good set of people that you need to look at in the Bible, Philippians were it. Paul wasn't, you know, getting on to them. He wasn't telling them there was bad things happening. He was like, hey, guys, you guys have been praying for me. You've been giving to me. You've been doing all these great things. But guess what? You need to understand that there is more for you. Not just the giving side, but the receiving side. So Paul's saying, hey, I'm in prison and I know that, that my deliverance is coming. And by the way, it did. At this time, Paul was in prison for about two and a half years. He comes out of prison. He goes back on the road. And it says in verse 20, it says, According to my earnest expectation and hope. So these two words might sound like that they're the same word, but they're not the same word. My earnest expectation is actually the word, well, I can't even pronounce that word, So, but you see it on the screen. In the sense of watching or intense anticipation you know when my son was playing baseball you know i would always tell him anticipate the ball how many people played sports so you know if you're about to hit a ball you don't wait until it gets here to swing the bat you're seeing it and you start swinging the bat when it's out here well see that's the exact same thing that is happening with paul 
Paul is saying, I'm anticipating that there's good things coming. I see it happening. I'm going ahead and swinging for it. I'm not only just seeing it happen, I'm believing it. I'm standing in faith. This is going to happen. He saw his day when he got out of prison. And it said that nothing that I shall be ashamed of, but with all boldness and always. So now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Verse 21 says, for to me is to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this Um, I'm sorry, but if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell you. So Paul is in between this decision. I'd really like to go and be with Jesus. How many knows that it's going to be better when we go and be with Jesus? Right? But who's it better for? You or the people that's out here, your families and all the other stuff. Who's it better for? It's, It's better for you. In fact, it's not good for your family if you're gone. So Paul is sitting here. He's he's hard-pressed between two things, what it says. Because it says, In my labor yet what I shall choose I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better for me. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. See, Paul's hope changed from himself to others. You know, that's when the power starts coming out. You know, that's when hope starts becoming powerful. It's because the moment that you start going, you know what, it's not all about me, it's about you. And you start putting out into other people. And you start going, what's going to be better for my family? What's going to be better for the people that are around me? You know, you have an influence in this earth. Y'all go to work every day? Y'all have people that you're around? Guess what? That's your world. You have influence over it. God has given you that world. Some of y'all don't want that world, but it is yours. Own it. See, that's the thing is you need to go around and you need to find your world. And you need to stand up for it. And it says here in verse 25, And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with, with you all for your progress and joy of faith that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Christ Jesus by my coming to you again. Do you know what? Paul said, it's better if I go on to be with Jesus, but you know what? I have hope and confidence. I believe in God that I don't just go on to be with Jesus, that I'm coming back to you, that I'm going to start putting into you, that I'm going to be with you. And you know what? He believed that it was going to be joyful for them. And it was. Do you know that that the church, because of people like Paul, it flourished. The whole Roman, the whole Roman Empire, by the time 386 AD came along, you know, Constantine gets saved, he turns it, he gets rid of all the other religions. It becomes a one-world religion just about. Do you know that in all of this, we can see that that Paul and Peter and James and John and all of these folks, they were just seeing things that had not happened yet. They had a hope and an expectation. They saw Jesus raised from the dead. They knew about what was happening. And guess what? They said, hey, I'm believing that it's going to come to pass every word that he ever said. Did they always see it? Absolutely not. 
fact, most of them died. Go, go read the book of martyrs because, whoo, that was pretty hard for some of them. You know, Paul was actually beheaded by Nero. But he still believed. And you know what his hope was? I'm just going to go be with Jesus. Well, you know what? If it gets too bad for you guys, the pressure gets too bad, you're going to go be with Jesus. How about that? You know, that's one of the things that I, I always try to remember is that I'm here for others. And then glory for me is I'm going to be with Jesus one day. Amen. Amen. Paul didn't take his eye off of what it was important. He was anticipating it. He was getting out in front of it. And he lived his life that way. You need to do that for others too. All right, this is the last thing. And then I'm going I'm to let you guys go. But I'm going to ask a question of you guys. And I'm going to do it with all your eyes closed and you won't have to, to do anything. But I am going to ask you to raise your hand. If there's areas in your life where you're saying, hey, I don't know if I've been really hoping and believing for something. Matt, you can go ahead and start coming up. You know, there's areas in my life that I don't know if I've actually believed. Today is a day of decision for that. And I want you to take the time to think about that. Because hope is not kesara, sara, whatever will be, will be. Hope is an expectation that it's going to come to pass. Hope fills you with joy and with peace. It doesn't fill you with dread. If you have hope, then you know that there's something good coming. Hope gives you a knowledge of your right standing with Jesus. You know, there's been plenty of times when I've thought to myself, I don't know what to do. Jesus, this doesn't seem right. But you know, hope always come through the Holy Spirit. I always knew that Jesus was by my side and he was helping me to pull through the times that was hard. Hope leads to trusting in the promises of God. Go find those promises. Because Jesus gave a promise to us. He said that I will send the promise, the Holy Spirit, to teach you all things, to bring back to your remembrance all things that have been taught to you. Well, guess what? You've got to know the promise before the Holy Spirit will actually be able to bring that up to you. So go out to your word. Go find those promises and put them in. Then the Holy Spirit can use them. And then finally, faith or trust causes us to live the God kind of life. Everybody with your head bowed and your eyes closed. I'm going to ask this question of you because I've actually made some determinations this week praying and, and, and believing God for some things and, and seeing things differently. I've got a new hope and I'm going to ask you guys to think about that too. If you've been listening to this and you think to myself, I don't know if I actually was in hope for anything, but now I'm just wanting to take what I'm learning and I want to be able to apply it to my life and I want to see things come to pass in my life. And I'm going to start believing for new things. I'm going to start standing on new promises. I'm going to hope so that I can have that trust, that faith that is going to come to pass. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand. Just tell God. Do you know that you can be everything that God has called you to be? 
that he works all things together for the good of those who love him and that are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28 and 29, you have the promises of God that are just flowing into you. You just have to receive it. Be a receiving vessel. And if you just receive it, then it is a part of you and it will have an outgrowth out of you. You will have the fruit of the Spirit that will come out of you. You will have the promises of God that will come out of you. You will be an overcomer without even trying. Because of the promises of God that is working through hope. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I pray over each and every person. I thank you, dear Lord, that you were just bringing about uh, ideas and things into their, into their minds and into their belief systems, into their heart, Father, that they can say, I have a new hope and I have a future that I want from the Lord and that you work with them, Father, to just continue to, to help them gravitate towards the things that you're showing them that there is a purpose and a plan for their life and that they see it clearly. Father, I just pray that they go forth this week and, and that they affect their world, that they go and they tell people about the goodness of God and they tell them about how, how you're working in their life and the things that are happening in their life. I thank you, dear Lord, there are going to be good testimonies to the people that are around them. And Father, I just pray over them. I thank you, dear Lord, that they are blessed. They are blessed. They are blessed. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, I'll be down here at the front and I'll, I'll be praying. I'll pray for anything that you have. I just want everybody to know that if you, if you want to connect with us, there's a connection cards in the back. If there's things that, that you want to talk to us privately, we're available to you. You can call us. You can make an appointment with me and my wife. And we're here to help give you hope. We're here to partner with you. And we just want you to see you prosper. You are all blessed. Y'all have a great week. You are dismissed.